The reason why they can overcome you is because you, get, you have a personal problem between you and your God. Not because they are strong. The Lord is good. Please, I'm explaining a particular principle, alright? And that's the fact that how did these people succeed? It was simply because what? There was a rod of God that was lifted up. And what is that rod for us as believers? We we're saying it earlier, we read from Jeremiah. Jeremiah was told simply, I see a rod, he said, of, a, of an almond tree. And before that, God had said to him, I have put my words in your mouth. And God now showed him a rod, alright? And said that if you utter a word, I will act quickly upon it to perform it. Alright, that was, that, that, that was exactly what God was telling him. But when he used the expression, the rod of an almond tree, that, from, from that, I'm able to deduce that what God was saying is that as Moses was lifting up a rod, you will lift up the words that I put in your mouth. Because he said to Jeremiah, see, I have put my words in your mouth today. Alright, now listen to this. There is an appropriate word for every challenge in life. The problem is that we don't lift it up persistently. That's what I want to emphasize. We don't lift it up persistently. As I made a statement earlier that, listen, there's really nothing in life you are going through that Jesus has not prayed about. And there's really nothing in life you are going through that has not received an answer for. And that answer is encapsulated in the word of God. And what is the duty we have as believers? Lift it up. Now, there's another thing. Let me just read another scripture. When we were going to cross the Red Sea, you will see something that Moses did. In Exodus chapter 14, Moses says something. Oh no, the Lord says something to Moses in response to a prayer that Moses was praying. If you read from, let's just read from verse um, 10. As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked. Now please, to save time, you know I do that once in a while. I'll just jump over some lines so that we can quickly get things in context and yet get to the very place where we want. As Moses drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, Egypt, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. And of course, typical of them, they began to whine and complain. Now, let's go down to verse 13. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians which you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord, he said, will fight for you while you keep silent. That was what Moses said. But what did God say? Verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, What did he say? Read it out loud. Now, notice, no, I just, no, I want that first expression, that first phrase. The Lord said to Moses, what? Why are you crying to me? <laughs> oh, so who else will cry to now? <laughs> what was he supposed to do? No, think about it. We have a problem. Everybody gather for a prayer meeting. Say to God, today, today, you will answer us. Everybody begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, see the problem in this country. Today, today, you will answer us. That's the normal. That's what's going on. We know you are the God of miracles. Today, you are going to do something special. That was exactly what Moses said. And the Lord said, what is going on here? Why are you crying out to me? What does that tell you? This is not time for crying out. And when God makes a statement like that, what it means is simple. I have already answered this matter before. Why are you bringing it up again? Because that was what he said to him. He said, tell the sons of Israel to go forward. 
As for you, verse 16, what did he say? Lift up your rod or lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Did he say how the Lord handled it? He didn't say to him, stretch out your hand, then I will divide the sea. He said, listen, I have packed enough power inside that rod. If you stretch it over that sea, it will divide. So what is this prayer about? Please, I hope you are getting my point. Listen, many prayers we pray, God said, no, now, it's not necessary. There is a word I have given for that situation. Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear anybody. Don't even use praise to bribe me. You know, you know there's bribery praise. Let's praise him until his head will swell enough and then suddenly we want to do something. Praise is good, but that one is bribery. It doesn't work like that. If you want to praise God, praise him out of the fact that you realize he should be praised. Praise him because you understand that indeed he's worthy to be praised and his power is already working in your life. Not let's just praise God. Praise him, praise him some more. If you praise him enough now, he'll just be happy, you'll be happy. Right now he's sad, heaven is gloomy. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? God said to Moses, don't cry through any technique. I don't want any bribery praise. I don't want any trick of worship. Do what? Lift up your hand over the sea. Take the rod and divide it. And we have established what it is. Listen, I said something earlier at the beginning. And I've said it many times over the last few weeks. That God's word thinks so. This is how many of us want to pray. Father, this red sea will part. There shall be a breeze. And the breeze shall blow overnight. And then it shall come this way. That it No. Those details are unnecessary. You need money. You don't have to say, God, in the name of just somebody will visit me right now and give me money. That's what I call unnecessary details. Is it not need for money you have? And what if God removes the need? Is it, has it not been solved? I remember the story of two people I, I read about. An old man and his wife. They were living in the house. And the owner of the house died. So the son decided to eject them so he could increase his rent. This was in America. And there are two Christians and they decided to pray. And when they finished praying, you know how God answered the prayer? He brought the agent in charge to come and inspect the house while they were praying. So then the man got to the house. He wanted to knock, but he decided not to knock. So he moved around the house and overheard their prayer. And when he heard the sincerity of their prayer, he told, he told the landlord, the, the young landlord now, that I'm sorry, I can't eject those people. Go and do it yourself. That one said, why not? He told the man what he heard. So that one scratched his head. <laughs> and said, oh boy, this thing you are doing is not good. Stop going around people's houses, listening to their prayers. <laughs> this really happened from the story I read. Because that man, because they were old people, alright? The agent had said that he was going next day to go and visit them and was planning to buy them what Americans call groceries, you know, food stuff and stuff like that. A lot of supplies. So the man said, anyway, while you are going, he gave him $100, buy some more things for them. And please, avoid going around people's houses listening to their <laughs> prayers. He said, when you get there, tell them that somebody came, paid off their rent, and said they can stay in that house till they both die. So God supplies me in different ways. He didn't send them a dollar. They prayed today, next day the man came and greeted very nicely, said, oh, 
an anonymous person came. And he didn't say it was a landlord. And said, well, since you guys like this house, he paid the rent. And he said, all the days of your life, you can stay here. And meanwhile, I brought you some stuff. One of my friends gave me $100 to buy you stuff. Loaded the house full. Did God send him a cover? No. I told him when I was planning to get married. That was what happened. At the point in time, my wife and I calculated all the amount of money I needed. So, of course, I first... Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 was activated in my life around that period. I believed God for supernatural supplies. He didn't bring cash. He brought wisdom. I solved my problem with a, with a sheet of paper worth about two naira. And I thought I needed then, then, 200,000. Not now. That was 1999. 17 years ago, in a few months' time. So that's why I'm, I'm not into this prophesy specifically what you want God to do. There are so many things God can do. There's no point being specific. Uh, you, you know, my, my own doctrine there is very different from what most people preach as, and call faith. I have I've related with God long enough to know He does things different ways. He does things different ways. That's why I told the story of the couple that needed a house and they went to the Lord and prayed. And the Lord didn't give them money, which was what they needed to pay the rent. The Lord just said, don't worry. You, go on over here. What you're about to do, that is evil. When that one heard it, he said, Lila, I cannot eject these people. The landlord too heard it and said, they are not ejectable. <laughs> he would have been getting his small, he said, it's not good to have too much long throat. He would have been getting his small rent. Yeah. But he wanted more. God took everything from him. <laughs> And give it to those people. They now had more money to live on for the rest of their lives. Why? They, they were not paying rent anymore. God supplies needs different ways. You may think you need money. God says what you need is wisdom. In fact, for most believers, that is one thing. I, I'm about to digress. I'll get back to my message in a moment. I'm going to teach this thing later on. Um, we, we are going to talk about money, prosperity, and faith. Okay? Because, listen, when it comes to money matters... I've thought about it again in recent times. Paul said, be careful for nothing. But with prayer and thanks, supplication, prayer, supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God. It is not your request that God gives you first. What does he give you? The peace of God. That peace of God is a very is a tangible substance. Jesus gives it to people. He said, my peace I give unto you. He told the disciples, when you get into a house, say to this house, to the house, Peace be unto you. It was not like uh, you just be calm. No, it's a spiritual substance. Paul said it will come and mount guard over your heart. It will remove the confusion that made you think you needed a million naira when all you needed was 10,000. It will remove the fear that's worrying you. That's why I call the peace of God because Paul knew that many of the prayer requests of Christians, they are, they are not valid. They are not valid. Many of the prayer requests of believers are not valid. I dare to say, more than half of the amount of money Christians are asking God for, they don't need. And what God is not giving them is that he will be a, he will be a father spoiling his children if he keeps on answering. They are going to get used to bad things. One of the first things God teaches people of faith is how to manage. Did you hear what I said? One of the first things he teaches is how to manage. 
Lord, I need the car. God said, you don't need it. The Lord, why don't I need it? I've checked Nenugu. There are about 5,000 kekena pebs that can carry only you. Whatever one I need to go to Lagos, there's Autostar, there's uh, God is Good, Peace, Ekenedi Luchuku, the Young, ABC. The Lord said, see the number of drivers I kept at your disposal. So God looked at your life and said, I won't give you the car now because you will come back tomorrow asking for more. Meanwhile, you need your brain to be busy doing other things right now. So many of the today, 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 you will bless me today, today. Because I blessed you yesterday, not even today, today. Because you don't know how to understand, how to appreciate life. One of the first things God teaches believers, hmm? when it comes to money, is how to prioritize effectively. And you know some of these things are tests. God gives you 10,000. I say, let me see whether you are foolish or you are wise. If you are foolish, this is a result of foolishness. If you are wise, this is a progress of wisdom. So instead of praying, God, I need more money, just say, God, give me wisdom so that I will allocate this 10,000 naira appropriately. Hmm. Paul said, the peace of God that passes understanding. That was a Oh God, that's, that's the first thing that God gives you. It is not that answer you thought you were looking for. You said, I need another job. God said, you see, this job is the only place where you will learn the things it takes. Alright? To use to handle a business that are running in billions of naira. So stay here. I know they are not paying you well, but stay there. The money is not much, stay there. The money is not much, the lesson is plenty. You will discover 15 years, 20 years, 30 years later. Ah, all this is I'm using now. This was the place where I learned it that time. This was the place where I learned it. Where somebody was telling you, show a seed for another job. You can't run your life. That's what I want to teach Christians. I have learned that in recent times. You can't run your life. When it says sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. That is not a joke. You can't run your life. You can't plot. Oh, my father. You cannot plot what your life is supposed to be like. What will happen is that God gives you a day. You occupy that day. Then at the end of that day, he opens a door. You step into the next day. If you need anything, make your request. God gives you peace. You know what that peace does? The peace helps you decide whether you really need it or you don't. The peace helps you manage what you have now. And really what God is planning for you is far better than what you can imagine for yourself. As a matter of fact. Let's, let's get back into today's message. All right? That's a digression. Now, so what am I trying to say here? I went into that again, trying to explain the fact that the world works, that the world thinks. As I'm trying to explain to people, it thinks. It can plot your life for you. It can give you what you really need when you are making requests for what you think you need, which is just a simple want. What you are supposed to, what we are supposed to do as believers is to simply lift up the word. I don't believe that you have to be specific. You have to be specific. You have to be specific. No. I remember one message I, 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 I listened to long ago. I remember it about two days ago, or is it yesterday? But a man said, if you need a new house, you have to tell God what kind of house you want. Otherwise, he will give you a dog house and you can't complain. He said, God, I need a new house. I said, what kind of house? And the one who first listened to those messages those days, we were so impressed because of the new level of thinking. 
But now we have gone to another level of thinking beyond that. He said, you can ask God for a new house, and if you don't tell him which kind of house, he could give you a dog house, and you couldn't complain. A house is a house. That is not, that's not Christ's level. Our God thinks. He has a head. How will he give me a dog house? Am I a dog? I mean, let's think about it. I know sometimes there's a bit of um, direction our minds should have, but please, not that kind of depth or specificity. There are things, there are companies people are praying to walk in. And God is saying, my boy, you don't understand. It's folding up. I'm folding them up in the next two years. There were those who were sowing seeds for Oceanic Bank. Meanwhile, they were closing them in Abuja. They were saying, in the name of Jesus, I open the door in Oceanic. You will receive me into your staff. Hallelujah. God said, you? And woke up one day, there was no Shani Bank again. Echo Bank collected them, laid off most of their staff, absorbed the ones they could, and that's the end. One of the greatest companies in America at that time was called Aaron. Aaron was the place to be. Aaron fell overnight. Today there was Aaron, the next day there was no Aaron again. The staff, they were so angry when they were leaving, they were carrying furniture home. Office furniture. <laughs> because some of them were, were multi-millionaires the day before. Yes, I know the way those companies do. They, they give you what they call, they can pay you in what they call stock options. Alright? Stock options are interesting for those who don't understand. A stock option is different from a stock itself. Alright? This is what stock option, option is. Like a company is starting, assuming the, the stock is valued at, let's say, $10. Those LEDs, nobody knows them. You don't have to buy it. It's okay, we'll pay you in stock options. So you have to hold your stock option, which means that if tomorrow the stock value is now $500 a stock, you still buy at $10. Yeah, that's mean of an option. So, the, so you don't even have to have money now. It's okay, don't worry. Just be working. We'll pay you small, but these are the stock options that are yours. So the one, the $10 today, the day it becomes $500, you won't take advantage of your options. You can buy the one that they have agreed upon. You buy it at $10. And turn around and sell at 500. You know, it's an instant millionaire. A lot of them had their money laid up in options. Some of them in real stocks they had bought. And they woke up one day. <laughs> they were so angry. They were carrying chair to go home. That's how rapidly the company collapsed. You can't plot your life. That's the point I'm making. Right now in Nigeria, there's a lot of shaking. People who believe, some people left their businesses to go and take a job in state governments. A kitty governor was on TV. He said it himself. He said, have you paid salaries? He said, no, I can't pay. He said, I'm only four months now, four months. <laughs> the governor, you know that man, he didn't hide it. And it's a good one. One guy, a bit further towards the west, has not paid nine months. They're not paying. And the guy said, why he can't pay? He said, my wage bill is two billion. Last month I got 800 million. He said, why? He said, because my predecessors are owing so much money that they take one point something billion from my allocation every month till 2036. Oh, wow. Ah. <laughs> Many people, they want to go back to the way they were selling Guguru and Epa. 
the moimoin and Okpa, they were said in that time, if they are stuck with it, but now they are regretting. You know what I'm going to emphasize? All this of writing detailed prayer points for God, forget it all. He can plot your life. He can plot your life. He will open a reasonable door for you at the right time you step into it. Listen, if you walk with God, he will take you to a place that you never imagined. In all the times that Joseph was dreaming, dreaming, he did not know there was a place called Egypt. He saw the moon and star. And 11... What happened? Okay, moon and sun and 11 stars bowing down to him. Where did he think they would bow down? In their own community there. It did not cross his mind that somebody else was building a kingdom that he was going to rule. And that kingdom was being built to preserve all these bowing people. Yeah, you get my point? The sun, the moon, the 11 stars, they are all coming to live in the kingdom somebody else is currently building. If the man had to prophesy and sow his seed, it would be for that land. Like I said, that's a digression. Let's stick with our message. What's our message? What is God supposed to, uh, Moses supposed to do? Exodus chapter 14. God said to Moses, let's you know, stop shouting to me. I have already solved the problem. I put the solution in that thing that's in your hand. What do you now need to do? Take that rod and lift it over the situation. What is the rod? Is the word of God in your mouth. We read from Jeremiah. God said, I have put my rod in your mouth. Anytime you get into a situation, look for the appropriate word. You don't need to alter it. Lift that word up. That's what prayer is. It's not every time you... In fact, this is what I'm, I'm convinced about. Like if it comes to financial need, if I identify a financial need now, no be prayer time. Now rod lifting time. Is rod lifting time. My rod I discovered from Isaiah chapter 66 verse 12 long ago. He said, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Sometimes I wake up at night and I declare it. If thoughts of financial requirements, needs come to my mind, that is the answer. If I catch myself saying, dear Lord, please help, I stop it, I apologize. Why are you crying out to me? That's what he said. Just lift up the rod. Listen, let me tell you something. If it comes to sickness also, the body is infirm. It is the time to lift up a rod and keep it up there until the sieve completely parts and the whole of health passes through it into your body. Are you getting my point? Last week I was saying something briefly. It's not crying time. I spent something last time. Let me just review it just for a moment. Don't talk like a victim. Talk like somebody that has been blessed. God, look at my situation. Today, today, you will do something. Don't talk like that. It doesn't activate the power of God. Talk like somebody who has been answered. That's how God likes it. Talk like somebody who has been blessed. Not to lie down there and say, Lord, ah, this shame is too much. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? What are you going to do? When are you going to answer? And somebody says, fast some more. The more you fast, 
the weaker you become. You know my own church. You know that's what they do for there. I've told you. <laughs> I'm in the Jesus Christ church. All this on hunger and punishment for your soul so that God can hear you in January. Better go and eat. You've done it for six years. What difference has it made? Practice my own for one year and let's see what will happen. People start in January and say they won't eat for a hundred days. It's a sign that you have not yet broken through. I'm not joking about it. God hasn't answered you yet. That's why you're hungry for a hundred days. The Jesus that died for you, how many days did he fast for? People pray as if, no, look, listen, that's a, don't pray like a victim. Fast from now to tomorrow, God will not hear you more than he has already heard. Listen, you think hunger moves him? Unless you're a sinner. And I keep on telling believers who are committing sin. They should do what? They should do what? If you have not, if you are not sinning. Do you know, (laughs) you know Peter, James, John, Paul, they never fasted the way we do now. They never did. They never, quote me, they never did. What Paul called fasting was money, no day, nothing to eat. So it was a sacrifice of ministry. What I've told you is the truth. All this one of going hungry for seven days because you want God to answer you is foolishness. Those things ended before Jesus, that is by the time Jesus Christ came, the disciples didn't have time for such things. And then they said, Look, don't pray like a victim. I will not eat until God gives me a job. That's a very, very, very wrong way to tackle it. If there are challenges, lift up a rod. That's what I'm trying to say. What is the rod? Is a word of God that you have discovered. Sometimes, and this is, what, this, this is what I believe, this is both from experience and from other people's teachings. There are many things in the scriptures. Do you get my point? Many words. But there is one that God activates for you. And when Jesus was teaching us to pray, you know what he said? Pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the application of it. There is a bread. What is the bread? It's the word of God. He said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. That's God. That's Jesus Christ. All right. Are you getting my point? There is a word that is appropriate for each season of your life. If you are going, to, you are about to start a new endeavor. That's when it, that's when you do real fasting. Are you getting my point? Now listen to how to fast proper fast. No, don't just say a hunger strike. I'm talking about real fast. This is how to do it. You will take time out, take a Bible, take a jotter. Take books and tapes and seclude yourself for a number of hours every day. And say, Lord, this new endeavor of my life, give me this day the bread that will handle it. In fact, the literal Greek is, give us the bread for the morrow. Go and read it very well. Give us this day the bread for the next season. That's exactly what Jesus said. The bread for the morrow. That is, I'm stepping into a new season. What word do I go into it with? That was all God said, Jeremiah. I put a word in your mouth. Discover that word and throughout that season, lift up that rod constantly. I told you, those days when I was in Lagos, was when I read that scripture. It said, behold, I cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. That's the word. I hold it. If money is not flowing enough, well, I hold it. And I, I, I say, look, whatever I have 
It's enough for what God wants me to do for that day. And I hold that word up all the time. No need praying and begging God again. God said, why are you crying out to me? Answers have been packaged in the word. If you don't know the word for that season, that is when you fast and pray. I hope you are getting my point. And the fast is not hung. Oh my father, how many times will I say this? Some people have been fasting all their life. They don't want to believe me. You know why they don't want to believe me? I'm telling them that the, the hunger strike of 20 years was a waste of time. Yes, it was a waste of time. What are you going to do about it? You've wasted the time. Stop. You did not build your business or your ministry going hungry. Food does not say God shouldn't hear you. Overeating is bad. It's way, that this Bible says that people can be weighed down by too much, you know, which is the same thing like you, you, you have a season coming, you are going for a party. People go for a party and say that they say, do you want a drink? No, no, I'm fasting. You are at the wedding. <laughs> if you are really fasting, don't come. Once you get to the wedding, please eat something. Listen, the real fast of a believer is so as to tap, it's not to get God to do something he doesn't want to do. It is to get the bread for that season. And once you grab the bread for that season, every day you lift it up. The problem sometimes that people lift up their bread, the, the rod for one moment. Are you getting my point? And then they stop. It's as if uh, it's not working. But go and check it. How long do you think it took the sea to part? It was a whole night. No, go and read the story. It was a whole night. What God did was to first send a cloud to block the Egyptians from coming closer. And it took the sea one whole night to part. You can't check your scriptures. I'm not, I'm not cooking it up. Oh, you think Moses just did like this? Bam! And then, shoo! No. When Moses stretched forth his rod, first God brought something down, kept the Egyptians away, and then he mobilized the wind. And the wind began to drive hard overnight. It took a whole night for that sea to part. You think the battle against Amalek was one hour? The battle was so long, the hands of Moses got tired. So if you think you are going to drop the word of God that you have been declaring, because there's crisis in the country. There's headsman crisis, tomato crisis, fuel crisis, salary crisis. Maybe we'll talk about that again next time. We will not drop that word. We won't. Because it's battle. Go and look, the battle lasted so long, the hands of Moses was tired. They were tired. The man sat down. Both hands, because the rod didn't need two hands to carry. He could have done this and done this. So the man first did this. He did this one. Switched to this one. Carry on like this. <laughs> this way. The God didn't allow you to put him down. He said it must be up. So finally they said, guys, what do we do? The man said, guys, first let me, tie, let me sit down. He sat, carry like this. Ah, as he dropped like this, they go hit one Israelite soldier on the head. Boom! The man will carry it up. That guy's head go correct back. But to continue. <laughs> Finally, Aaron and all said, this is what we're going to do. So we're not allowed to, look, nobody will hold your rod for you. You hold it by yourself. They can hold your hands, but you hold the rod by yourself. They can encourage you, pray with you, but the declaration of the truth of God must come from your mouth. 
You are the one that will continue to declare to your body, in the name of Jesus, life is working in you. In the name of Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me, giving life to my mortal body. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. You are the one, we can be praying for you and encouraging you. That's lifting up your hands. But your own mouth will carry your rod. It took so long, Moses was tired. Man, I held his hand like this. Okay, don't worry, it shall soon be over. I don't know how long it was, but it was not one hour. I hope you are getting my point. Believers must learn to hold on their rod persistently. Listen, in this life, you have already been set free. Amen. It's very important for you to understand that. The challenges you have is not a sign of a curse at all. It's not. Your sea is parting. Yes, it's taking a whole night. But you will keep your rod stretched over that sea. That this sea, you will part. You will keep your rod lifted up. That this battle, Joshua, you will win against Amalek. So every day you are going to work. Please, I, I think we discussed it before. Have a set of confessions you have written specifically. A set of confessions written specifically concerning your business. Derived from the word of God, not desire. Please forget that rubbish desire in the name of Jesus. This company is going global. What is that? Is that in the Bible? Arrange four or five verses. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it won't go, go, go global. But sometimes what you call global is you have seen um, some other companies, you are envying them. What eyes have seen, ears have heard, what has already entered the heart of man is what you are prophesying. Let the word work on that is your business. There are simple things like the seed of the righteous will be mighty on the earth. The seed can be your offspring, a child, a human child, but the seed is anything that you birth, including your business, including your ministry, including your career. Are you getting my point? So by your business, you declare it every day. My seed will be mighty on the earth in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it is written. And you quote that scripture verbatim. And said, that is my rod. I lift it over this business. Every day. Put something on the wall. That's what you put on the wall. Someone said, draw your international headquarters. I've stopped services, services long ago. That's my witchcraft. Listen, listen. I know what I'm telling you. No, we, we, we abandoned the things of childhood long ago. Look, in the realm of Christ, you don't draw any nonsense. You draw the word of God. God said it to them. Write it upon your doorpost. Put it upon your forehead. It's, what, it's God's word. If you have a plan, fine, draw your plan. But this one will focus on the wall. Put God's word there. Lie down there. Because the word speaks. Your, the plan of your building can't talk to you. The, word, the, the, the building plan cannot reason. It has eyes it can't see. It has concrete foundation. It can't walk. Are you getting my point? <laughs> it's also, the windows don't see. They look like eyes they don't see. But the word of God is alive and active. That's what you need to put on the wall concerning your business. Look for that word that applies and put it there. Ah, you're a married man. You want your marriage to succeed. You write some things concerning the scripture, from the scriptures. Simple. Two. In Christ, we chase a thousand. We chase ten thousand. A threefold cord cannot be broken. Whatever God has joined together will not be put asunder. Those are scriptures. 
That's what you stare out every day. That word will come out, take on flesh. Wear a dangerous garment. So, so, there are days you will encounter the word of God. You'll be looking so fierce. Even you that spoke it, you will run. <laughs> are you getting what I'm going to say here? What do we do? We lift up that rod persistently. That's how Christians win. Please, all your own ideas, all the things you drew, the vision for your company, give it to your staff. Write it in a piece of paper, in your drawer, on your wall. It doesn't belong. If you own a business, forget all of those things. Forget what they told you. Write the vision on the wall so your staff can catch it. Mm-mm-mm. Your own. Please write the word of God on the wall. That word will catch a thief. Yes. Your vision can catch a thief. The word will come out. Do you get my point? And tell the man, don't stay here again and hold his hand. He won't know why you caught him. You, that, the world will just imprison. The guy will come to steal. When he's short of you, will have gone. Then that day, the word will remove your phone from your pocket. And put it in your top drawer. And you will go home. Then you go, you start searching. And you are, you are expecting an important phone call. By 10 p.m. By 8, you ask your wife, did you take my, my phone? Your wife says, your phone? Me and you are just seeing for the first time today now. But I called you the other time, you answered by 6. You say, ah, it's true, I've not taken any other calls since that your last call. Your call to me. It must be I left in the office. He said, tomorrow. And I said, no, no, I, I can't wait till tomorrow. I'm expecting an important call by 10 p.m. The fellow is calling, me, calling from uh, maybe China or India. Meanwhile, because of the time zone, they'll be in the office by that time. So let's go to the office to go and collect the phone. The word took your phone, <laughs> kept it there, knowing that the thief is coming at 10.05. You parked somewhere, entered the office. As you see there, you hear crew on the other end. Ah, what is that? You see Mr. Jalekoku, right? <laughs> and you say, ah, hello. <laughs> the man say, I'm sorry, sir. Sorry for what? You now find all the money has been missing. All the things they've been taking from your store. The world just caught the thief. Your vision can't catch that thief. I hope you're getting my point. This is success for us is as we keep the word of God lifted. Next time we'll talk about it again. Listen, there is a word for each thing. There is a word for, word for each season. That is the rod that we keep lifted. That is prayer for us believers. You can wake up one night and say, ah, how come everybody in this house is falling, is falling sick? Why is everybody falling sick? It's not Father God in the name of Jesus sees sickness. God says, I saw it too. I'm asking you, what are you going to do about it? I like the story I read from Nouvehis. Nouvehis said one day, Ken Hagen came to his house as his friend. And saw, he had only one daughter. And she had warts on the back of her hands. Very ugly looking things. And what struck me then was I said, Ken Hagen said, told the daughter, I could curse them and they would die. But he did not. Why? This is my understanding now. I'm not your father. I'm not you. You guys should handle that by yourself. He said, later on, the Lord rebuked him that you have been negligent. You don't even know what is going on in your daughter's life. So he took it upon himself that I'm going to kill that thing. 
say you wake up during the night. The girl is not even there. Just take God's word and start releasing it. In a few days, check the girl's hands, the whole thing disappeared. Are you getting my point? The Lord had him responsive. What's wrong with you? Where have you been? You don't know what's going on in your daughter's life. He said, Lord, I'm very sorry. And he took the word of God and began to declare it. Took a few days, the thing cleared away. That's prayer. Prayer is not grown. He said, God, if you don't answer me, I won't eat. That's your problem. Look, listen, people wanted to kill Paul. They said, we will not eat until we kill him. Paul still escaped. (laughs) Are you getting my point? So don't worry about that thing. All right? You want to fast, go and ask God a question. Take your Bible, say, Lord, what is a word? What's my bread for this season? And when you find it, now fight. What did I call it? It's war. We lift it up, the word thinks. It will plot events for you. It will arrange customers for you. It will open doors for you. Just be persistent with that word. Don't write any plan that you read from um, John Maxwell. Don't write plans. People will follow say, this is what, uh, uh, what do you call it? Eh? <laughs> Brian Tracy. All those ones. That's what they said. No. Just for this, for when it comes to God's word, just take it literally. Don't even interpret it. The only thing you can do is to, instead of first, uh, second person, make it first person. Instead of third person, put your eye there. I will, he said, I will cause prosperity. He said, he will cause prosperity to flow towards me. Like a river, and the wealth of the nations, like an overflowing stream. It is written, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. It is written, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I will not lack. In the name of Jesus Christ, declare upon your business, you are my seed. This is the seed of the righteous, you will be mighty on the earth, because it is written, mark the righteous man, his seed will be mighty on the earth. Say the same thing 10,000 times, doesn't matter. Do you hear Moses say, okay, this one is cold, Aaron, give me the other rod. Put this one in the fire, made it warm. Give me the other one, made the use of it. the same rod. Let's rise to our feet, let's close. Let's close. Let's say, Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just one prayer point for today. Just one prayer point for today. Just after you give thanks, say, Lord, give me my bread for my morrow. The bread I need, or if you're in a particular season, what is the bread for today? Give me this day my daily bread. Ask the Lord for it. So that's what I'm asking for. My daily bread. My daily bread. Say, Father, I receive it by faith. Thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. I receive my rod. Put it in my mouth. Touch my lips. With that word. Say, in the name of Jesus, touch my lips with that word. Say, in the name of Jesus, touch my lips with that word. Touch my lips with that word. I feel like just lifting up the word of health over everybody. So everybody say after I'm saying, in the name of Jesus. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. In the name of Jesus, my sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus, I have been healed by the power of His blood. Say my my sicknesses, my infirmities, they have been nailed to His cross. By His stripes, 
I have been healed. By his stripes, I have been healed. By his stripes, I have been healed. By his stripes, I have been healed. By his stripes, I have been healed. Say in the name of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, that Spirit of God, that raised him up from the dead, is in me, is giving life to my mortal body. Now declare this word, say in me, life is working. In my brain, life is working. In my eyes, life is working. It has overcome the power of death. Say this, death is dying. Life is working. Death is dying. Life is working. Say death is dying. Diseases are dying. Life is working. Life is working. Say my sea is being parted. It may take a whole night. But the sea will part. And my health will walk through it. And break forth like the noonday. Upon me. The health of God. The life of God. Is breaking forth. Life is working. My injuries are healed. Say my body retains the vitality of youth. Say this age is not a disease. Say age is not a disease. In me. Life is working. I have the testimony of Caleb. At the age of 40. At the age of 85. The same strength. Say in me. Life is working. I'm producing the testimony of Caleb. Say I don't grow dim in my eyes. I don't go weak in my bones. Because life is working. In my heart. Life is working. In my lungs. Life is working. In my kidneys. Life is working. Every part of me. Life is working. I want to pray a prayer. I rebuke that genetic disease in the name of Jesus. And I say it's able to save to the uttermost. Beyond that which is called genetic. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. Therefore I curse that affliction in the name of Jesus. And I command it to depart from your body. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father we give you thanks. Let us thank him. Just say Lord we thank you. 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 Oh say Lord we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you. Just give him praise. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Give him thanks. So let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. Please bless somebody on your left and on your right.